0: Good morning. Happy Thursday. It is February 11th. I'm Todd Brinker. This is Back from the Brink. Aaron will be joining us momentarily. Uh, so as we left the radio show, we were having a discussion about the use of language and what is and isn't acceptable. So, you know, you've got to think that the context of the use of words is important in that in that, uh, you know, it, the, with specifically with like the use of the N word, we actually started talking about the fact that uh, uh, Gina Carano, who who has had a fairly prominent role on the Disney series The Mandalorian, has been fired, and now she's she's put out some fairly um, critical tweets. Um, But specifically, she had said that that being a Republican in Hollywood is like being a Jew in Nazi Germany. And obviously, nobody's herding Republicans into boxcars and hauling them off to be, uh, you know, assassinated and and killed. And they're not, you know, wiping out entire families and races of people because of their political beliefs. And so you know her her commentary was inflammatory to say the least um but the very fact that she made a comment or made a comparison to the holocaust does that mean that she has said something so egregious that she should lose her job um you know and and again we don't know if there's anything going on behind the scenes there too i mean her her relationship with her coworkers and and whether she was you know, causing issues on the set and things like that. So there may have been other issues, but that in and of itself doesn't seem like it, it, it should be a uh, reason for somebody to get fired, at least not in my book. I feel like, you know, we're supposed to have freedom of speech in this country and you don't have to necessarily agree with everybody around you, um, but you can have, um, you know, good conversation around that and say, well, why is it you feel this way and and, and talk about it? Um but you can't do that. You made. Basically, they made her point by firing her and saying, "Yeah, you know, we'll just silence you." Welcome, Erin. How are you?
1: I am good. It is a chilly, yeah. Willy morning this morning.
0: It is. I was just talking about Gina Carano a little more, saying that you know, essentially, they made her point by trying to 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 silence her and taking away her her livelihood now obviously they haven't completely silenced her because anybody has access to twitter and facebook and that kind of stuff so we'll see if she comes out and says anything and to be fair we don't know if there were other issues going on on the set if, if there was issues where she wasn't able to get along with her co-workers and things like that i don't know um you know she may have been just fine you know and and, and this could be you know a complete overreaction on the part of, of, uh, you know, the folks at Lucasfilm, which is now a division of Disney, who, you know, yes. is fairly, fairly strict about how they present themselves to the world. Disney, you know, is the happiest place on earth. And, you know, if you frown at Disney, they frown upon you, <laughs> you know, it's like, no, yeah, right? that is, that is not the brand. Um, so, you know, I, I, you know, and and her contract may have had some actual language in it that said, "Hey, you know, in your own in your personal social media, don't do anything that would be outside the brand. And if you do, then we may fire you." You know, so we just don't know.
1: Well, but here's so. the thing: that hashtag fire um, was it Gina um, was yeah. uh, trending on Twitter. You know, mm-hmm. so and and these corporations are are cow uh, and bowing down to this mob, and uh, no, we we yeah. can't let yeah. people throwing temper tantrums decide the livelihood of people. That's yeah. just it's, ridiculous. It's
0: squeaky wheels determining people's fate is not a good thing, you know. Um, no,
1: I mean, you it, know, and seriously, like Monty Python that scene in the Holy Grail where you know they're they wanted to to burn the witch, and they're you know, like, oh, you know. She's a witch. She's a witch. And the guy's trying to use, you know, middle ages science, you know, about her floating and all of that. Do you remember that scene? Um, she turned me into a newt. A newt. Well, I got better. That one. My English accent's terrible, but that's the scene.
0: Yeah. I swear. Yeah. It is <laughs> I got better. <laughs>
1: I, <laughs> so You know, um, it is – we have turned into this hysterical, you know, Salem witch trials mob from these
2: self-appointed
1: woke gurus. It just drives me insane. It really does. If somebody does something that's hurtful – and speech is not violence, folks. It's not. If somebody does something hurt – like they – they physically hurt you or, you know, they do something to damage you physically. Like, you know, not that they think the wrong way. If you don't like the way they think, don't follow them on Twitter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. um, You know, I had made reference on the radio show to the New York Times person who had been fired and it's uh, they have a science and health reporter and uh and of course you would think during the time of covid that, that people who are trained science and health reporters would be the last people they'd want to get rid of right uh uh but uh, apparently donald mcneil jr had uh uh while teaching was leading a trip with students in peru and uh it was a times sponsored educational trip to peru i guess so he was part of the times representative and uh they say, the students that were with him say that he used the N-word and made other racist comments, according to complaints first reported by the Daily Beast. At least six students and their parents claim McNeil had made racist and sexist remarks throughout the trip. Uh, uh, yeah, he, said, he says, originally I thought the context in which I used the ugly word could be defended. So, again, he was talking about the use of the word and, and having a discussion about the use of the word. You know, um, I don't know. I that's I, I you know, is our are, are words in and of themselves taboo so much that you can't even use the word to discuss the taboo of the word? You know, I I, I mean, yeah. we're able to have the conversation without saying it. So do you need to say it? I, I don't know. Um, you I, but, know,
1: but should you? I think context matters. Yeah. And there are people out there who are so controlling that they think that context doesn't matter, that the, that the right. word is so horrible, it's like saying Voldemort, that the yeah. word is so horrible that even when you're talking about the word being horrible, you're not supposed to say it or you will be yeah. canceled.
0: Yeah. That's well, and you know, I mean, Richard Pryor famously defended his use of the, the word, saying, I'm, I'm trying to take the stigma out of it. That's why I use the word right. on stage. You know? Yeah,
1: but he's a black person, not a white person.
0: Okay, so context matters then, because... You know, him being black is part of the context.
1: I agree. I agree. Right. I
0: agree. You know, yes. the very fact that hey, if you if you can say the word just because you have dark skin, you know, and and how dark does your skin have to be before you're allowed to say the word? If your skin's darker, can you say it more? You know, I, I just it it just doesn't make. I mean, it's 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 a word. It has a meaning. It's a word. If you use it as an epithet, then yeah, it's a bad word if you use it in the context of talking about it. I mean, it's like the guy who used the um, uh, word that sounds like that word that means miserly and got fired for it because people thought he said the word and he didn't. He said a different word that sounds similar. Yes. You yes. know? And that happened. I mean, yes. it's like, you know how ridiculous are we going to get? I'm not allowed to say anything that sounds like that. I'm held responsible if you misunderstand the word that I use. <laughs> you know? You know yes. Holy moly. i give you another
1: example. A teacher that I know had flags in in her classroom, and one of those flags was the Australian flag, because she had flags in her classroom, she's a history teacher, and a parent complained that she had a racist, oops, racist flag in her classroom, and it was like, the flag of Australia is not a racist flag, it's a national flag, but she thought it looked too much like the Confederate flag, and he, and he, she had to take it down.
0: Yeah, which is insane. It's the Australian it's flag. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's you know, Australian I mean, it's got flag. basically the British uh, uh, bars, and then it's got some yeah. floating stars on a blue background. I mean, yes. okay, so you're never allowed to have a red, white, and blue symbol with an X on it, ever, because that might be construed. And it, even, it doesn't matter where the X is. Or we, <laughs> it's like, oh, my gosh. Again, why am I being held for you, uh, held responsible for your inability to be reasonable
1: because (laughs) you're stupid because you're too stupid and lazy to figure out what that flag actually is
0: yeah if you'd attended my class you and if your child attended my class you guys would understand what that means if you actually paid attention in class you would know that's australia yes Yes. you know it's the flattest and driest inhabited continent with the Um, least fertile soils
1: let me think well i guess it would have to be australia
0: yeah, yeah, it is Australia. I'm reading the Wikipedia page because I wanted to see the flag real quick because I, I, I kind of knew what it looked like, but I just, you know, didn't remember exactly what it looked like.
1: It's so, got the Union Jack in it.
0: Yeah, up in the top yeah. left corner. And then the rest of it's all blue with a few stars floating around. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure those stars have meaning. And if you're Australian, you probably know exactly what those meanings are. And I'm not, so I don't. So, you know, uh, but it's the Australian flag. It's their business. You know, yippee dippy do. Yeah. You know, I mean, quite frankly, if you were teaching uh, a lesson about the, you know, Civil War period in the United States, somebody might actually see a picture of the uh, Confederate flag during that time period, you know, and it's not going to like be burned into their brain and cause them to, you know, have like cancerous lesions in the parts of the brain where they their memory is storing that image, you know, it's it's like it's part of our history. You know?
1: Yes, and I've said it before, yeah. but when did we become so such a whiny group of namby pambies that we can't handle anything? Everything sends us into a tizzy as a culture. Give me a break. Suck it up, yeah. Buttercup. The world is yeah. doesn't revolve yeah. around you.
0: Absolutely. Mm. So, so, you
1: know, now I'm. If yeah. Somebody used the actual N-word, and they use it. In, in a negative way cancel them because that you know fine um, uh, because that is that is universally agreed upon a to be a a, a horrible word right like yeah if, it, if it's an epithet if it's right.
0: used to attack somebody then absolutely you know right but in a in a learned discussion about the use of language <laughs> you know I mean it just it seems ridiculous but um you know, I mean, and, and it's funny because, you know, to go back to the Gina Carano thing, you know, she, the comment she made about the, you know, being a Republican is and she likened it to the Holocaust being a, a Jew during, you know, a Nazi regime. She was feeling a lot of pressure and she was scared, um, uh, apparently for good cause. Um, uh, she could have just as easily said it was like being a, a an educated person during uh Pol Pot's reign of terror and nobody would have said a boo because
1: <laughs> there's a significant population members there's an, a significant uh percentage of the population who doesn't remember or know who Pol Pot was
0: right and yet it was a genocide you know of similar oh, yeah. scale you know but it happened to to Asians and and to Cambodians and not to European Jews. Right. You know, and there's probably a larger percentage of European Jews living in the United States than former Cambodians.
1: But even even that even that, you know, they, they were killed. And so maybe that's not the right. You know, maybe. Oh, like I'm, I'm not defending
0: to... her choice. Of comparisons. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. You're right. you you're you're actually absolutely right in saying that it's really much more like the uh, blacklisting of Hollywood people for being liberals during the 50s. Yes. You know, and it almost feels as if this is the, the liberals saying, ha ha ha, we've got power now and we're going to get all of you conservatives to get even for what happened to those people. You know, and of course, nobody's actually saying that, but it's it's. Um, but you know, there are notably some some conservative people in Hollywood, and they usually stay pretty under the radar. And if they're not under the radar, when they do talk about the, their their politics, they you know they they're usually commenting that yeah, it's 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 a little dangerous for me to talk too much about it because it will cost me work.
1: Yes.
0: You know. Yes because their whole business is built on relationships with people who will hire them to play roles. And if people don't like your politics, they may not hire you to, to play roles, you know? Uh, and so, uh, you know, I mean, Clint Eastwood is, is, is famously a conservative, but he, you know, he's at a point in his career where he, he makes all the decisions. He runs it and decide, decides what he's going to do. Uh, oh Yeah.
2: And he's in his eighties. She's in her, I think she's probably in her twenties. I'm guessing.
0: Yeah, I would say she's probably 30-something, but uh, uh, I wonder now, as a fan of the show, are they going to recast it, or are they going to just write her out? She's 38.
2: Shut the front door. She looks great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, she wasn't just, you know, uh, I say just. She wasn't a wrestler. She was actually an MMA competitor. So, um, this is a woman who can beat you up. And <laughs> I don't care who who you're talking to. You could just say that in, with confidence. She is a Well, and a, that
2: means a, she was a professional athlete, so she is uh, yes. also in yes. top physical condition.
0: Absolutely. Beyond Absolutely. Just being a skinny and b- you know. Hollywood and so she type. has she she's done very physical roles where she's, you know, does her I mean, obviously anybody who who's in front of the camera doesn't do all of their own stunts cuz you don't want black eyes and bloody noses on, you know. You want them to be made up. You don't want them to be real, but because uh, right. they they take a long time to heal compared to the makeup that you can wipe off and do the scene for two weeks later, you know. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, she's um, uh, five foot eight inches tall and from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yay, oh. yay, New Mexico. So, you know, I mean, we'll see what happens and what this does to her career. Um, you know, I like you said, I think that she. Uh, as is the case with a lot of people who are um, Republicans in this current climate tend to to tweet and, 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 and talk a lot with very inflammatory language. And so, you know, her choice of comparisons, I think, as we both said, is it was probably poor on her part. Um, and that inflammatory language may come back to bite her in her career. Um, you know, but let's hope that people, you know, settle down and go, you know, politics are politics, but this is a job, and, and as long as you're doing your job, we're good with that. And so. Well,
2: I honestly think, so the Daily Wire has gotten into the, the movie-making business. Um, they have a new um, thriller out called Run, Hide, Fight. It's evidently very good. Um, well, the, the, the critics have panned it, but they were going to pan it anyway because it's from uh, a conservative um, production company, but um, the uh, our conservative um uh, producers. But uh, I, you, maybe you'll see there's going to be a Hollywood for the left and a Hollywood for the right. If oh, man. Are tired I of hope not. Their, they're hiding their um, uh, their political affiliations. will say, fine, I'm just going to make my own movies.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, yay for anybody who wants to go out and make their own movies, and hopefully you're good at it and you find a creative outlet and, and, and can work with great creative people. But, you know, the the... The idea that it's it's you know you can only use a certain pool of talent because of political leanings is is a bad move. Separating our society into you know the the thinkers one way and the thinkers another way is bad. You know we have enough division as it is. We should be working to find areas of of uh, of coming together. And I would think that the arts would be one of those that where it would be you know irrelevant what your political feelings are let's tell a story let's do this well
2: but it's not one would
0: wish one could hope one could pray
2: <laughs> yeah i mean but you know if you're tired of hiding who you are and yeah you're not getting work because who you are doesn't jive with the rest of what hollywood wants then you, you have no choice you know you either give up your um you either continue to stay in the closet you uh, give up on your dream of being an actor or a director or a filmmaker, whatever, um, or mm-hmm. you start making stuff with people who agree with you. Yeah. Who also can't find work.
0: Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, it's, you know, there are certain um, segments of the population that are, you know, like the Ho- Hollywood is well known for being, you know, very dominated by, by liberal, liberal political thought as are most uh, teachers' unions, and yet I know that, you know, within the teachers, the body of teachers, there's plenty of people out there who are more conservative, um, you know, yes, but, but they the tend to... Yes, the hiring
2: regulations on teachers is very different for the hiring yeah. regulations in Hollywood.
0: Yep, yeah, because in Hollywood there aren't any regulations, just whatever the laws are, you know, in terms of... And, of course, it's not very hard to say, oh, yeah, yeah, we didn't hire that person because they were... Uh, we didn't, you know fail to hire that person because of their political leanings. It's because they weren't quite right for the part. This other person was better for the part. How do you argue with that? You know, whatever. Okay. You know, Yep. that's how things like, um, like that slime bucket that was, you know, molesting women was, um, uh, you know, Weinstein was Weinstein Weinstein. You know, I mean, that's how that happens. Right. Because it's like, you know, Oh, no, no, I didn't not hire her because she she wouldn't, uh, you know, get naked for me. I I didn't hire her because she just wasn't quite right for the part. And this other person just happened to be somebody who I had a relationship with, wink, wink. um, And, uh, and, you know, and the relationship was, you do this for me or I won't hire you. That's the relationship. Um, You know, uh, go to jail, man, go to jail. Yep. (laughs) So... Anyway, other stuff happening in the world. Let's move on from that stuff. Um let's see. Well, we covered everything. Oh, the Alaskan Bush people. Have you ever watched that show? No. It was one of those shows where I watched it a couple times and it was so clearly, you know, like fake scenarios and stuff to set up of these people sort of living in the bush off the grid living you know and and some of that kind of stuff i like but this particular show i didn't find particularly attractive but it was this this family and there was you know a a dad and and a group of like adult or near adult children and his wife and they live out in the sticks and a lot of things came out in the news about well they actually live you know over here in town most of the year and in texas somewhere and then they would come out there and live there you know sort of like as a summer camp and they'd all live out there and they filmed that. And so it wasn't really true. And, you know, it's like, I don't care. It's entertainment. Anyway, the patriarch of the family, Billy Brown has passed away. He was uh, born in 1952, passed away in 2021. he had had some health issues. And so, uh, um, his, uh, family left some, some nice tributes to him online. And so I don't know if the show is going to continue or what the status of the show is these days. It's a discovery channel show. But uh, uh, he was 68 years old. So rest in peace, Billy Brown. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Hmm. Apparently there's a rush for people to buy cheap Italian homes. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so oh, apparently have you the name uh of the
2: villages it's been emptying out.
0: Well, apparently uh, they're in a small southwestern Italian town in uh Puglia. The population had dwindled to about 2000 and they had these ha- homes sitting there empty. And so uh the city had taken them over because they were they were basically abandoned. And so they are uh uh you know, they decided to put the Dwellings up for sale, uh, many of them need renovation and some of them are on the market for like one Euro, uh, and you know, so they're not necessarily ready to occupy, but even, uh, you know, cause ready to occupy homes in Europe sometimes are, you know, the, the rents are like, you know, $9,000 a month in some places, yeah, depending on where good. you're at. Um, thus a lot of really, really small places because people can't afford more, um, But anyway, you know, he said, uh, you know, that uh, a few foreigners who happened to be in Italy drove over to see the buildings, and uh, he's had to set up a whole team to answer emails because um, there's just been a giant cadre of people showing up to say, hey, yeah, we would like a a, a European vacation home in a little town in Italy for cheap, and then we'll come in and do renovations on it. And so, um, you know, it's turned out to be a... uh, a uh, kind of a boon. Of course, you know, so, getting over to Italy during COVID is you know there's that whole issue.
2: Well, for for Americans, but if you're you know from the UK, you take the Channel and take the train down.
0: Yeah, 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 and it's, it's a beautiful little town. I mean, just imagine every movie you've ever seen of people walking through little Italian towns. You know, I mean, old old stone buildings and steps and and narrow narrow streets that are mostly walking streets these days because cars can't fit down them. It just, it looks gorgeous. So.
2: Uh, yeah. Sounds hmm. nice. <laughs> hmm.
0: Yeah. No, it doesn't make any sense for somebody who lives in California to get a vacation. I mean, unless you've got, you know, the means to get back and forth, but, uh, but apparently it's the latest in a series of Italian towns and villages to sell off the dilapid- dilapidated old houses for almost nothing hoping that they'll reverse their depopulation trends and uh, and you know beautify the city by having somebody come in and, and do some renovations. Yeah, now how much those renovations you know end up costing people on average, who knows? I mean some of these houses are four hundred years old. So
2: That's kind yeah. of cool though. I mean if you had expendable cash just as a that'd be kind of fun mm-hmm. to to create yeah. your dream home in Italy.
0: Yeah. Well in this little town that they're talking about here is uh you know, it's southern Italy on the Mediterranean, on a hillside, looking out at water. I mean, wow. <laughs> you know? I mean just wow. So uh who wouldn't I mean you just looking at it, you go like, Oh yeah, I would love to live there at least part of the year. It's beautiful. Have to learn Italian.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a small price to pay.
0: Yeah, so um, Major League Baseball has a problem with zombie balls.
2: Wait, what?
0: Yeah, so baseball is tinkering with the baseball. It's been made one way for many, many years, but um, they're talking about taking some oomph out of the official game ball, the concern being that it's turned into too much of a home run derby, that, that the ball is too resilient. And so they're talking about changing the the uh the core or the number of wraps of the you know internally there's like a hard core that's wrapped in like a yarn and then covered in in the rawhide and stitched together and that standard as to how it's been built and how tight it's wrapped and how many wraps that are in it has been there for quite a long time and they're talking about um changing the dynamics of the ball a little bit to make it a little bit more deadened and uh, they said that they've been doing some testing and they said that the 2021 ball is slightly deadened, according to laboratory tests, and it is concluded that a 375-foot drive will fly one to two feet shorter, which is not a lot. It's very subtle, but subtle things sometimes can have large impact. Interesting.
2: Well, that that might be the difference between over the wall and not.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you've got to think, well, if you're a major league hitter, slugger, you're going like, Why? Why? I'm playing with the same ball that the guys last year played with. How come it's going to be harder for me? I don't understand. Um, Yeah, I don't know. They're, uh, you know, it's uh, apparently Jared Diamond, a, a Wall Street Journal baseball reporter, has written very convincingly over the past few years that baseball is amid a broad strategic revolution in which many hitters are stepping to the plate trying to clobber the ball out of the park and doing so with great regularity. An MLB home run record was set in 2019 uh, in its last non-pandemic shortened season. So this is not an individual record, but an overall number of of, uh, home runs for the whole league. Uh, But he says the strikeout rate is also was at a record, so I don't think it's so much a baseball problem as it is a uh, a change in the game that that players aren't going up there to get you know bases on balls or bases base hits. They're going up there to slam homers, and it's sort of an all or nothing attitude. You know, much the way basketball has changed very significantly in the last few years since since the um, Golden State Warriors showed that you know if you integrate a three point game into your primary attack in offense you don't have to have big guys driving into the center you can have you know Steph Curry who's six one six two uh standing out at the perimeter hitting three point shots at a very high rate because he's really really good at it um you know and that change has changed basketball significantly and you know if the attitude is hit or go home for the hitters, that's not a baseball problem. I mean, physically, the ball problem. It's a problem with with the attitude of the players. And, you know, how do you change the attitude of the players? They can <laughs> play any way they want to play. So, hmm. I don't know. Mm. I don't think I like the idea of changing the ball. I think that's a bad idea.
2: I kind of agree with you. Leave well enough alone.
0: Yeah. You know, if the issue is the way they're playing the game, then... You know, maybe adjust rules or do something to incentivize them to play the game differently. But don't change the equipment. Because that also then calls into question, you know, like any records that are made or not made, right? Now, the irony would be they've changed the ball to make it harder to get home runs. And so now they even put more focus on hitting home runs instead of less, right? Because the guys now are going to have to really swing hard. So it's an all or nothing thing. Hmm.
2: Yeah, I, yeah don't I think they leave
0: it alone. Yeah. That's my vote as a not real baseball fan. Yeah, uh, you don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's that said. You know, I mean, when the series rolls around, I play, if if I'm cheering for somebody, I'm cheering for the Dodgers. Sorry, Angels. Um, but uh, you know, I've got a, I've got some Dodgers gear that I wear on occasion. And when they won the World Series, I got myself a World Series champion Dodgers hat that I wear occasionally. I've nice. got a Dodgers hat and a Lakers hat. They made a hat that you could buy on either the Dodgers or the Lakers uh, and a shirt that was literally, it was the championship shirt and the championship hat for one and the other. And they took them and put them together. So you had your hat was half Dodgers, half Lakers world champions and the, and your shirt was half. And I tried to get one of those, but they were sold out so quick. I couldn't get one of those. Cause I thought that would be kind of cool. I don't know what they do if, if the Rams pull it out eventually, then, you know, but you know, we had the, we had two of the major champs in one year. And Tampa Bay did. Remember, we talked about that the other day. Tampa Bay had the uh, the hockey champions and now the NFL champions as well. So they have the NHL and the NFL, and we have the MLB and the NBA. So I think we need to now set up the challenge. They all need to get together and do their curling to to break the tie.
2: Exactly. They need to do their
0: <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? That would just be so funny to get, like, major players from each of the different teams together and have a curl-off. You know, get them out on the ice and see that that'd be unfair to the hockey guy, probably. Although curling, it's not like they're wearing skates. They wear like shoes with with um, like wire spikes on them or something so that they don't slip and fall. So you can walk on the ice while you're while you're sweeping, because, you know, sweeping is a skill.
2: Yes. Well, and, and, you know, I don't know how many of those hockey players are actually from Canada, but I don't I don't think anybody from the U.S. has actually ever curled. It's not something we do.
0: Hey, we have a national curling team. We go to the Olympics.
2: Yeah, well, and the Jamaicans had a bobsled team. That's all I'm gonna say. That's true. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny.
2: So, so mm. the, um, there's at the it looks like the uh, the organizers behind the effort to recall um, uh, Gavin Newsom here in California, mm-hmm. uh, they've gotten enough signatures. Now they're going to try to get. Uh, I guess they have a million and a half signatures. They want to push that up to over 2 million in case some of them are not verifiable or if there's a problem right. with some of the signatures. They want to make sure that it that it ends up on the ballot. And so, yeah, I, I wonder how he – is he going to adjust the way he does his job in the face of this so that he can – or does he think he's just not going anywhere?
0: thumb his nose he at everybody safe? and go, neener, neener, you can't get me and hope that they can't get him. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, mean,
2: this a, I this is a one-party state, and so does he really feel like that? Yeah, the is there any that, real threat there?
0: Happened? Yeah. Well, it happened. That's how Schwarzenegger became uh, governor, as we we recalled somebody. So, you know, yes, but in California, I'm, anything can happen.
2: Well, but that you know we have we've had a lot of conservatives move out of California in the last in the years intervening years, and mm-hmm. I don't you know this is it wasn't really the democrats were in the majority back then but they it wasn't a a majority they didn't have control over everything i mean the way that it is now it is a one-party state so i don't know that he i don't know that he uh is even going to pay attention to this or think it's it's worth his time
0: yeah i don't don't know know. i my guess is he's probably going to go ahead and do what he thinks is the right thing to do based on his belief system and uh you know, and go marching along. Now I know that that I say that, but I but I know that um, you know all politicians make political calculations when they make decisions about stuff, and so you know I'm, I'm sure he's still continuing to do that. But you know, I don't know. We'll see how it all happens. Um, I'm not surprised that they got the numbers for it though, because there's certainly enough people who who are up in arms about you know whatever to 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 sign it, and they they were mailing out. Petitions to people. I mean, there were places where you could go, and and uh, a lot of uh, restaurants that had been told they had to shut down and stuff. You know, on on their patio seating, uh, can uh, had had the petitions right there, so you could sign them and mail them in. I saw one place. Um, uh, I'm not going to out the restaurant, but they, uh, as you walked in, they had signs up, and I have no idea how helpful they would be. But they said peaceful protest underway, and they were seating people inside. And they said, you know, and they said, you know, uh, uh, government um, representatives, please show your badges. Wow. <laughs> and that's what they and it was and they had signs up at the as you entered the restaurant, just peaceful protest underway. And it's like, you know, and they had patio seating available. If you wanted to sit outside, you could. But they were seating people inside, too, because it was cold. <laughs> you know, it I was think in it's the awesome. Evening. In the evening. And so, um, yeah, I like the fact that they were, because I've been to other places where they were, I saw them sitting inside too. I've gone and picked up food. We pick up food a lot. I don't have it delivered. I go pick it up um, more often than not. But um, I've seen several restaurants that uh, have had people seated before there was, um, it was okay to seat them inside and have been doing that. And, but this is the first one I saw that actually had signs up and had the petition there to sign to do the recall. And, and, had, and, and we're just, you know, flat out said, hey, look, this is a peaceful protest. We are protesting this. We're, we're, and, and we're, you know, it's not like we're saying you have to sit inside or you can't come to our restaurant. We have patio seating and they're welcome to sit there. But we're also saying if you want to sit inside, you can. That's your business. Nice. So, I think that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Which goes to, to my whole thing, uh, other than, you know, I would like to see some sort of like, okay, you know, this is the uh, sp- this is the size of our space. We're going to allow a certain percentage of people into that that are normally would normally be in there or something. But it looked to me like that's what they were doing. They had they had tables and stuff stacked in one corner, so so it wasn't like they had the normal density of people in the space. And most of the people were sitting in booths that had like little partitions between them. So you know, and in both cases that was the case. They were sitting in booths with partitions. So you're not going to get somebody's you know or the likelihood of you getting somebody's um, uh, errant piece of spittle floating on the air dropping into your plate is <laughs> unlikely.
2: Well, so. and there are reports now, I mean, it's it's like this lockdown is never going to end, that, that this UK variant is, is you know, out and we still need mm-hmm. to socially distance. And even, and, and of course they keep saying, even if you get vaccinated, you need to, you know, you still have to socially distance and you, you know, and it's like, well, then why am I going to bother getting vaccinated? I mean, all things being equal, then what's the
0: point? Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, remember last April, I had told you that this whole thing—I I, had—I before it had even gotten, you know, a month into it, I was talking about this this sci-fi scenario of waves, right? And each, you know, every time we would think we we had it licked, another wave of it would hit, and and it would be this, you know, never-ending battle against this this bug hand hey guess what it's turning into that i wasn't predicting yeah. it i was just saying wouldn't that be awful hey guess what so you know what else is awful they haven't what? freed Brittany yet <laughs> i watched that i watched that documentary um that you um uh, talked about on um uh is it netflix or was it hulu
2: i think it's hulu
0: it was hulu yeah anyway today Today, Thursday, February 11th, 2021, Brittany is back in Los Angeles court and uh, uh, the judge is hearing arguments that her father, Jamie Spears, should no longer be in control of her estate career and other aspects of her personal life, including medical treatment, which she has been for the last 13 years. Yes. And, uh, you know, I think they made a very good point in that documentary about this. Does, there's something something doesn't smell quite right. But I do really sort of agree with the um, the former attorney for her, the guy who had been her attorney, but isn't anymore or wasn't who was saying what we don't know is what we don't know. Yeah, You know that there are some private health issues that aren't public that we just don't know about, you know, and but- I mean, you know. There are people who seem normal and are able to be functional and stuff, but have, you know, have a tendency to quit taking their meds. And then they then they have schizophrenia and they're almost non function you know, they're totally non-functioning. And so we just don't know.
2: The thing about it, though, Todd, Brittany has been fine with the conservative conservatorship continuing. She just doesn't want her father being in charge of it. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I, I, I it, it seems to me that her father treats her like a trained monkey. And she just has to go out and, and earn him money. That's, yeah. you know, that's yeah. the impression I've had of him for, you know, since the beginning. He's he's a bit bit of a dirtbag.
0: Yeah. Well, and clearly, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not quite sure, and they didn't really address this very well in the documentary, is why was he the one chosen to be her conservator in the first place? You know, and they did not have much of a relationship by all accounts, going into before that happened. Right. I mean, she she was very close to her mom, but not particularly close to her dad. Um, I, yeah, I don't know why he's the one who got picked, you know, but it's now, you know, well over a decade. Um, so, yeah, you know, I part of me wants to say, you know, that the judge is a reasonable person. That's why they're a judge. And that's how they got into that position and that they're listening to to, you know, best evidence from both sides. Um, it also seems very clear, and this is me, you know, not being an expert in the area at all. But it seems very clear that the laws surrounding conservatorships are very oppressive. That they, it, 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 it's very difficult for somebody to to change conservatorships, and 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 legally, I'm not quite sure why that's the case. You know, so like you get in charge of somebody's life, uh, it's really hard for that person to then get their life back. And I guess. There's not you don't see a lot of people pushing back on it because very often the conservatorship is for somebody who is an invalid who, you know, it's usually temporary because that person is near end of life. And so that's how it's used most of the time. But when it's used against a physically healthy person, I say used against when it's used to control the life of a physically healthy person who will have a long life for a long period of time, you know, if that person is taking their meds and is able to make decisions, reasonable decisions while they're on their meds, then you should certainly take into account their, their wants and desires and have somebody who has the power to say, you have to stay on your meds.
2: Yeah.
0: You know? I, and if I, she does, and yeah, so when she's in that reasonable state and, 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 and the meds are helping her, she should have a, a say in who, who gets to make those decisions for her.
2: Right. So, and how is it that we have people who are, schizophrenic out on the streets, you know, um, not in their right minds and we can't force them to take their meds and we can't lock them up. But Britney Spears, who has been producing and supporting probably her whole family for decades, um, she can't control her own life. It doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Yeah. If you, if you're going to appoint a conservator over her to make sure she's okay how come you're not appointing conservators to make sure that these people who are talking to themselves, walking down the street to people that are not there and, 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 and screaming and shouting at nothing because they're yes. seeing things that aren't there, how come you can't appoint a conservator for them? You know, How is that an invasion of their personal uh, rights but it's not an invasion of hers? That doesn't... Yeah, there's a real discontinuity to that, isn't there?
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah. And again, you know, she said that she does it, she fine? Be on a, be a conservative. Give me a conservator. If that's what, if the court feels like that's what I need, then do that. But, um, please don't make my father the, the conservator. Clearly he doesn't to me. It, this is all about, like I said, she's a trained monkey. Yeah. Not, not a highly productive, um, uh, professional woman. Yeah. Lots of people have mental illness and they're not, they're not treated like children. Like a pet.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, we'll see what happens. They're literally, you know, today, their update, news flash today, they are in court, um, uh, talking about, you know, what's going to go on in terms of, you know, her, her, uh, her conservatorship. Um, last year she filed for Jamie to be removed as the conservator, uh, and, uh, and she has basically said and she, she's 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 exercising the one thing she has control over and, and that is that I will not resume my career, I will not perform, I will not go out and do the things that he wants me to do to make more money until this change is made. And I you know, right. and, and and she has not. She has refused to perform, she's not recording, she's just said, Fine, I'm not gonna go do that if he's, you know, not removed this is you know because that's the only thing she can do she can just say well you can't make me go out on stage and sing so i'm not going to do it
2: Mm -hmm. yeah so crazy so we are actually over time today
0: (gasps) it happens (laughs) <laughs> so uh, so thanks for joining us. This is a, Wednesday, a Thursday, Bleh. and so we'll be back tomorrow um, on uh, Back from the Brink. We're also on the radio. And on the brink, you can get us on uh, KCAA Radio in the Inland Empire on uh, 1050 AM and 106.5 and 102.3 FM. And streaming where, Aaron? Where can they hit the, the, the radio show?
2: If you want to get it live, you go to kcaaradio.com. That's kcaaradio.com and you click on where you can listen live or you can download a podcast there.
0: Yeah. You can also, if you have a Schmatrexa device, say Yo Schmatrexa, play KCAA, and you'll hear us between six and seven Pacific Coast time. So uh thanks for joining us today. I'm Todd Brinker.
2: I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. <music>
1: Thank you.